It's Thursday, September 30th, 2021. And today we're talking about Semios harvests $100 million USD to eat up ag tech. Salesforce acquires Level Jump. Kira spin out Zuva raises $20 million. And a lightning round, Connexium raises $130 million from Warber Pincus. Goodyear rolls into Gatic and Convictional raises $6.7 million. Let's get started. First, Semios harvests $100 million US to eat up ag tech. Alex, what exactly are they eating up here? Well, so first of all, Semios is Vancouver-based. And in case you didn't get it from that snappy title, they are an ag tech. What they do is they do precision farming, and they're one of the largest, world's largest independent ag tech platforms. So what Semios does is they help farmers use IoT network, wireless, big data analytics, and machine learning to improve their yield and grade of their tree fruit, nut, and other crops in real time. Okay, so there should be some uh, quantifiable data around this since you told me this is all about all the buzzwords that you mentioned. How do you how do these numbers stack up? So you mean the size of Semios? Yeah. Um, 250 people. Revenue estimates are between 15 and 75 million Canadian for this year. They manage 120 million acres and they've raised 183 million USD of equity. All right. It's a dollar per acre uh, metric that we're looking at now. That's the new VC standard. You know, I'm going to go, you know, in Toronto, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you don't get many acres here. Awesome. And um, anything about the growth? So this is interesting. It's an ag tech company. Um, that's been around for 12 years. And if you read, they're very proud of their growth over the last five to six years. It's 50% by year. Now, what it's they what they're doing is they look like they're rolling up the industry. So this is inorganic growth. And you know, basically in the last 12 months, they've acquired Centricity, Outrack, and AgWorld. You know, with AgWorld being the biggest one of these, it they acquired it for over a hundred million dollars. And it, it alone represents over 60 million, 60 million of these acres uh, that they manage. So over half. Them. So like this company is trying to position themselves as a leader in the ag, you know, in a specific part of ag tech and buying all the smaller competitors. Got it. So uh, it's a roll up play here. Yeah. And, and the reason they raised a hundred million dollars more just after raising 75 million last year is to explicitly to continue buying other competitors. And roll up the industry. How how big is this uh, ag or agricultural tech industry? I mean, I didn't know there were that many players to roll up here. Well, it, it's probably a lot more fragmented than you think about, right? Um, mm. This was an industry, you know, ag tech is now, and specifically what Simeus is saying is being put in the climate change tech space. Um, really hot. Both those are really hot areas now, but Simeus started over a decade ago, and this space was not hot. So the companies that existed, and including Simios, could not raise tons of money before. So they, Simios, for example, raised $10 million in its first 11 years of existence. So when you see that and there's customer demand, there's probably a ton of small competitors out there. Uh, and when you think about an ag tech deal like this, why does the Canadian TechTO community care about this deal? Well, a, a few things. First, this goes back to what we said last week being in the right space at the right time with tailwinds makes it easier to raise and and i think ag tech is sort of coming into becoming hot for a few reasons one is because it's people viewed as a way to impact climate change two um the technology trends behind ag tech are all actually making it access actual demonstrable differences on farms 
you know, 5G, machine learning, IoT, all those things have got to maturity where you can actually prove they make a difference. As a founder, I think there's two interesting things here, or a couple interesting things. First of all, you know, understand what's going on with the rollup. Rollups are hot right now. You see, you particularly, you see rollups for uh, Amazon suppliers or Amazon customers. And why do why why do why can you raise money as a uh, rollup? Why does it work? Well, first, it creates its own flywheel. You buy companies which have customers and distribution, and you put your current products and distribution into that. Sorry, your pro current products into that distribution and customers. Then you go acquire companies with customers. So you're able to keep acquiring companies and take advantage of them by either getting better distribution um, or having more products to sell your current customers and also hypothetically pull out overhead cost. The second thing that's going on with roll-up is you get what's called financial arbitrage. These smaller companies are going to trade at a lower valuation than you're valued at. So I don't know what the valuations here, but Simios may have raised money at a five times revenue and they can be buying their competitors at two times revenue. So they buy a company that has 20 million revenue, they pay 40 million for that. And then when they go raise, they get a value of 100 million of that revenue. So there's, you, you get a flywheel, which actually improves your revenue, pulls out cost, and on, top of, and on top of that, you actually get a revenue bump versus what you're acquiring customers. Finally, um, took, like I said, they raised 10 million in the first 11 years. And this shows founders, if you could, the longer your startup can survive without dying, the more likely you're to get luck or get hit, you know, tailwinds that get you be successful. So one of the secrets to success and the not sexy secret is just stay alive. The old cockroach approach. Uh, and Alex, how much do we know about the the founder of the company of Semios and and how he's managed over the the decade to get to where he is today? I, personally, I don't know much, and I didn't see much written about them out there. It Feels seems like, like a great opportunity for an upcoming newsletter feature. What do you think of that? Yeah, maybe even better. Maybe one of our live streams we can have a pod. We can have an interview and talk about his twelve year journey. I love that because if you do love keeping up to date on how companies like Semios and leaders like Michael, the founder of Semios, are shaping the Canadian tech scene, you need to subscribe to the TechTO newsletter. Alex, what can subscribers expect in tomorrow's edition? Well, some of our must-reads from this week, um, which may or may not include something about how to do employer branding. Mm. Um might include something about the current fundraising environment and the impact on valuations. So if you want to, instead of going and reading everything on Twitter or all the other newsletters, just look at ours for the five articles that matter. The five articles that matter. And we've got some exciting news. This will be featured, I'm sure. Salesforce acquires Level Jump. What does Level Jump do, Alex? So if you've ever had a Salesforce and a large team um, hiring a bunch of new salespeople, the process of making those salespeople effective is slow. They come on board, they have to learn the product, they have to learn the customers, they need a lot of feedback. Mm -hmm. Level Jump was created to short circuit that, pro that process, to make the new salespeople actually deliver revenue quicker. And they do that with a bunch of software tools that you know look at the CRM milestones, the metrics and business outcomes you're trying to get and train your new salespeople as it hits their muscle. So basically it accelerates the effectiveness of your sales force. So it's software, but it's not a CRM. No, it's not. Definitely not. It, it was it was built on top of the Salesforce platform. Got it. And so um, if it is software and Salesforce has built a lot of software in that CRM, why are they buying level jump? Well, you know, you know, so why does Salesforce buy anything? They, they're a big company, they try to buy a lot of companies. But I think what the particular interest in level jump is 
if you can get your sales for it, you know, you can improve the effectiveness of look. So let me take a step back. Salesforce is sort of the customer stack. They want to help mm -hmm. you with everything related to customers. They have the CRM, but the best way for you to have more customers is to help your salespeople more effective. So if this actually has an impact on the companies, their customers, companies ability to grow. They're more likely to need more Salesforce products. So, and they can charge for the, your ability to get more customers. So this sounds like a strategic fit for uh, Salesforce. There's got to be another dimension to this, Alex, which is that level jump is Canadian. Oh. Tell me about Salesforce's relationship uh, with Canada. Uh, it depends on your perspective. Like, but it looks like Salesforce views us almost like a farm, a farm team. Uh, they've been active here. So in case you didn't know, they made this is the third acquisition since 2020. They bought this small company called Slack um, for like $28 billion. Another Vancouver company called Mob Mobify, um, which we've had at Tech Vancouver. Sure. And, uh, and, and it, of, it, of which Igor is a former roommate of mine in Vancouver. Oh, sorry for Igor. Um, <laughs> next time I'm in Vancouver, I'm going to have to get some stories about you. Um, and then even before they were doing these acquisitions, they were investing in Canada. In 2018, they launched a $100 million Canadian Canada Trailblazer Fund dedicated to investing in Canadian startups. And they said they were investing $2 billion in their Canadian operations to create 28,000 new direct jobs and 17 billion in USD in new business revenue. So Salesforce seems to have their eye in Canada, seems to like acquiring our companies, investing in this country, and you know, level jump just continues that. Wow, that's a lot of salespeople to enable. And do we have any ideas around the numbers of this deal, what the outcomes were for, um, I believe it was David and the team, like Rebecca? I looked very hard. It's been very quiet so far. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll see in a quarterly update if they have to, if it's material enough to disclose. Mm -hmm. um, my guess it's not, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a big deal um, for the level jump team. It just Salesforce has quite high materially thresholds to disclose information. Makes Salesforce, sense. for example, Slack at twenty eight billion dollars had to be disclosed the value. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's somewhere between zero and twenty eight billion. Uh, if it doesn't get disclosed. So why should Canadian tech founders care about the level jump news? Um, first of all, from a, you know, go to market distribution play, level jump leverages Salesforce platform. And there's two ways to look at leveraging a platform for go to market. One is it's an easy way to get customers quickly. Level jump benefited from knowing their target customers were there and having a way to distribute and reach them. Like this, the platforms are there to basically get apps and sell additional additional products to Salesforce customers. And Salesforce takes a part of the economics. So, you know, platforms are a great way to just get started. The flip side is a platform can limit level jumps economics by deciding what to change. They can limit their reach by changing the rules of the game and probably had an impact on their ability to raise their multiple of that, you know, or the acquisition value. Um, no proof of this. But I know as an investor, you say, hey, you're dependent on a third party for your distribution. This is a high risk. Um, so I have to lower what I'm going to pay for you. I can't pay a premium. Like, again, if they were getting customers organically through Salesforce, through, I don't know, uh, Pipedrive and a bunch of other places, there's probably going to be a higher value to that, to that, that valuation. Uh, second thing is, going back to Salesforce focus on Canada, um, there's a couple ways to look at this. Some founders would claim that Canadians are selling our IP to US tech, you know, US companies early, and the US companies, you know, US companies benefiting from us really being a farm team. Um, and furthermore, like Salesforce is investing early and benefiting from our talent. 
this is not good. We're basically taking all the risk, we're doing all the investment, and then Salesforce benefits from the return on investment. Um, I have a different view. I think there's a positive use. Uh, Salesforce is crystallizing gains for Canadian employees and investors. So, hey, the people that invested in Level Jump or Slack are now seeing money they can redeploy. And the customer and, and the people that join Salesforce after these acquisitions, they're getting trained on what a multinational scale company looks like. So in the long run, this provides more capital and connectivity for the, for the ecosystem. And founders, potential founders have seen what a huge win looks like. So this is one of the areas that I could get probably 10 late stage founders and they all have a different opinion about. But you don't buy into this myth of uh, necessarily the brain drain or a talent being poached. Do you think this is a net positive for the Canadian tech ecosystem? Yeah, look, it's a net positive and there's all stuff we can do to make it more positive. Like, mm -hmm. for example, I was on Twitter last yesterday saying, hey, you know, how crazy it's at our universities, their endowments don't invest in venture capital firms. So think about if a, if, if a university was in a venture capital firm. Sounds exactly like a firm, complaint someone raising a venture fund would have. No, but like, <laughs> no, but no, because the complaint is that, hey, the people that made money off this is not Canadians. Like, right. We could we could have more investment in our ecosystem. Did Swenson at Yale invest in venture funds? That's what I want to know. Yeah, a bit. Okay. <laughs> okay, do you have any other takeaways on this deal? No, how about you? I think it's exciting. I think there's going to be um, a major focus on um, uh, lots of early stage companies looking at platforms just like this. I hope it inspires lots of people to build and to, to choose the right horse. So again, if you if you don't, if you choose the wrong horse, it can also be pretty devastating. Actually, I was going to ask you about that. Like right now, every bit large tech company wants to build a platform. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Zoom is trying to build a platform. Sure. Do you have a perspective as, on which platforms to bet on? <sighs> well, I think uh, as uh, FVV would say, you sometimes got to bet on yourself. And so, um, you know, you want to go to a platform that has the distribution for you in the early days. But of course, you want to figure out ways that you can own your own clients to always give yourself the option of becoming a platform further on down the road. Um, I think you probably want to skate to where the puck is versus to where the puck is going. Uh, if you're going to make a platform play because you're going to use platform for distribution and you don't want to experiment and hope that they also find reach. You want to go to where the reach is today. And, and that's why it's a winner take all market in some of these places, right? Uh, because yeah. it attracts the people who have that distribution. Um, but people bundle and unbundle all the time. So you might go to Facebook today to get your audience, but then you get to really know them and you want, might want to bring them to your own insider program afterwards. What do you think of that? Yeah. Tech Teals use a few platforms before. Maybe that's, we're using one today. That's exactly right. Um, and a great place to grow your network, no matter what platform you want to continue on is of course our live events. And on Monday, October 18th, we're going to see you in real life. It's going to be a safe, fun, and exciting patio dinner at Toronto's favorite container destination, Stacked. Tickets include food and a drink, and we'll get to hear from special guests. Alex, we did one of these in August, right? Yes, we did. And what'd you think? It was it was amazing to see the community in person. The knowledge dropped by the uh, guests were was incredible. Um, the hoverboard was missing but can't get everything. <laughs> can't get it all. Now, um, we were in a lot bigger venue then. We had, I think, 500 people there. Tickets are much more limited this time. So you definitely want to get yours today. You can learn more in RSVP before they're all gone at techto.org. And then check this out, Alex. On Wednesday, October 20th, you are heading out west to join William Johnson and the TechTO Vancouver family for the first time in almost two years 
will be at the Roundhouse Theater, and there are going to be tons of special guests. Uh, Alex, you've got your um, your aisle or window preference for this flight out to Vancouver. A seat. Usually, a I, seat. Get to, I usually have to stand up. I can't afford seats, um, but apparently, <laughs> you need to sit down now because of COVID. Um, I'm actually looking. We have some great guests there. We have Serge from Visual Ping, who raised uh, earlier this year, mm-hmm. and we have Kim Kaplan. Um, from Snack, who is trying to leverage a platform for distribution, um, that will be also a guest. Amazing. You can learn more about that Tech Vancouver event and RSVP at techto.org. All right, next up, we have Kira Spinout Zuva raises $20 million. Alex, who did they raise from? Uh, raised from Insight Partners, uh, which is interesting because Insight Partners invested in Kira. Hey, okay. So they have a little uh, familiarity there. Is it the same management team or did the management team stay on at Cura after the acquisition? So no. Do you remember this? Do you remember the terms of this deal? Maybe we should go through that. Yeah. Start from, start from the beginning. So Kira um, sold at the time they said, Hey, we got acquired by Litera and we're mm-hmm. spinning out Zuva and the, the founding team is basically still going on with Zuva. And at that point it was sort of like a footnote in the deal. Um, the big focus on the announcement was that Litera is buying Kira. Um, and there wasn't much said about here. Now, mm-hmm. this is like a month and a half later, two months later, and we're hearing that Insight Partners, who put $65 million into Kira, is putting $20 million to Zuva. And that Zuva had kept 34 people, and that basically Litera basically looks like they bought the customers and a license to use the Kira technology, but then Zuva kept the technology to use outside the legal space, outside the legal firms. Interesting. So uh, there's going to be some continuing management, some continuing IP. So tell me about what Zuva does and how that's different from what Kira did. So uh, Zuva uses AI to help businesses understand the details of their documents. So it's basically reading your documents and telling you what you should be paying attention to. What's Mm -hmm. interesting is their first product is called Doc AI, and it's an API-driven platform that lets developers place AI features into their applications. So basically saying, hey, not only we're going to sell directly, but mm-hmm. our first product is letting you build, use our technology in your product. So they're going to get distribution but from other people. Um, so basically, you know, what it does, it can classify documents, extract key clauses written in non-standard language, um, and comes up with, with 1,200 pre-trained AI models, so stuff to look for. Got it. And so it looks like uh, Kira is going to continue on serving the legal community, yeah. and this is going to do really a very similar thing but for everybody else, there must be some sort of non-compete in there yeah, somewhere. I'd say it's doing a similar thing, but very different distribution. It's actually looking for developers to distribute it by, you know, again, talk about distribution. We talked about platforms. Here's right. one thing. We're building an API because there's something difficult that you may want to have in your product. We'll build it better for you, but you can embed it into your product. Sure. And, so, and, and then if they get into the right companies and right products, they will grow with those companies. Yeah, that's, uh, that is super cool. What, why do you think this is interesting, Alex? Well, you know, could talk about what the funding's being used for, but it's kind of boring. It's being used for typical stuff, sales, marketing team, blah, 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 blah. But what I think what's very interesting here is, you know, it, it talks, it, it, so first of all, the, now in retrospect, the Litra Kira deal itself mm-hmm. is part of a roll-up, just like we talked about with the pre, you know, earlier today, Yeah, is Kira seems to get one, so had probably business, their core business, or what they started off was probably tapped out on growth, Mm-hmm. They didn't see much opportunity to grow it. You know, va- you know, VCs want to invest in growth. And so the valuation of that core business was probably less to them than Litera. So there was an ability for Litera to come buy it yeah. and not the company. Usually it would have been 
I don't know what their legal reasons were here, but this was very creatively done. So instead of selling the part you don't want, you got that part acquired and you spun out the part you wanted to keep. And so it shows the ability, why should we always, you can be creative in financing growth, it shows how mm -hmm. important growth is for, for continued increase in valuation. And it also shows about picking the right investors. Um, because I'm sure if they had another partner that wasn't on board with this and didn't trust the management team, there's no way that previous tra transaction would have gone happened and no way this new transaction would have happened. So in this current environment where money's being thrown a lot around quickly, deals happen quickly, this just reminds you the importance of getting the right partners to work with because investors can make or break deals like this. Um, now, from the from the investor side, uh, what are some what how what are some ways that founders have um, built strong relationships with you after the deal? Once you've already partnered up, uh, what do they do to really make sure that going forward they have your support and also that if something like this happens, uh, you're lined up and raring to go for the the next activity? So I think it depends on the investors, right? There's like the lead investors that, that, you know, have, let's say called major shareholders versus like, you know, mm -hmm. let's call a small VC or small angel that doesn't have much sway or saying what happens. I think there's a few things. Like I think what, what founders think, and this is one reason we have founders of funding to explain this relationship. Right. But my, my impression, most founders think, oh, we build this relationship with the board. Maybe the night before we go for dinner when we could meet in person. Mm -hmm. But this is really building a relationship that's transparent there's trust both ways and it's yeah. monthly updates. It's calls and emails. There should be no surprises either way. There should be, you're talking about the strategy for the next six, 12 months. So it's the best relationships I have with founders. Yeah. I think they make, you know, they may call me and tell me stuff before they tell their husband or wife, right? Like about the business, right? This is, this is, you know, they treat you like a partner again, they don't get on all the details, but they, they, you know, they say, Hey, Alex, here's something we're thinking about or something I'm struggling with. Let's talk about it. And, or, mm -hmm. Hey, here's a victory that's about to happen. And it's, it's, you know, every communication style is different, but it's just building that open channels of communication and transparency and trust. I love that. Any final thoughts on this deal? Yeah. Um, this is one reason I think this got the financing is it's it's an AI via API. Nice two buzzwords. We've been full of buzzwords this, this, this week, but this seems to be the booming area. Um, you know, I think a couple of weeks you had Cohere, uh, re, re, you know, raise 40 million seed mm -hmm. for... AI via API as well, but this is a different case use case. And so I think Canada's well positioned for infrastructure via API, AI via API companies. I think we're going to see more financing like this in the next six to 12 months. All right. You heard it here first, a new category, AI via API. Should we I just like call it, it AI API? I don't know. <laughs> AAPI. Fantastic. And if you want to keep up to date with the trends of AI over API and all sorts of other cool stuff, you definitely need to join this community of Canadian tech founders, entrepreneurs, and investors here at the techto.org insider membership program. Alex and I are there every day answering questions, making connections, and just helping to grow the community. Alex, I want to know, who have you met recently in the insider program? Who have I met? Interesting. Hmm. Trying to think. There's been met quite a few people. Uh, who is my new favorite person? <laughs> Can I even say that? Well, I, I re-met Josh Sukman. Um, known okay. him for a while, but I haven't spoken to him a while, and we've been recently chatting on Slack. Yeah, he's growing his new business. Is that right? That's right, Master Health. Very, very cool. Uh, okay, we're going to do some lightning rounds. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's do so, this fast. Uh, first up, Connexium raises 130 million from my old friends Warburg Pincus. What's going on here, Alex? Well. You, you had it all in the title. They raised 130 million from Warner Pincus. They had previously raised 40 million in 2020. 
they um, had raised, they'd sold the majority of the company to Illuminate Capital in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, and what they do is they're a SaaS company that provides sales order and invoice automation software. Got it. So is this a secondary then from the previous PE shop? I don't know. It wasn't clear. Uh -huh. it, look, it seems like you've had three different PE shops invest in a matter of three years. What's interesting here is people think private equity. They think the company's going to buy it, slow growth, clean up, you know, you know, roll up the industry um, yeah. and, and and take costs out. This looks like private equity is acting like VC growth stage, right? They, sure. You know, someone bought the majority, so that's a bit different, but then... This Warburg Pincus money seems for growth. It's not for acquisition. It's Come organic on, you know growth. Vishnu. He's not sitting on his butt. He's working hard out there for that high growth. Well, if I believe that, I, I'd like to see Ed being brought in here. Um, yeah. That's, hey, that's true. That's a good point. We should see if Ed's going to be doing a little yeah. work here. You said it was sales enablement software, right? Yeah. Or is that okay? So it's a it's in the level jump space. Another opportunity there. Maybe maybe, maybe uh, they'll be bought by Salesforce. There you but go. Like, but I think the takeaway here is like people hear private equity, they think cut cost acquire customers and, you, and with lots lots of previous private equity deals we've talked about that's exactly what the money's being used for yeah but this is very different this is like let's grow this company the organically that's my impression and then so just a reminder just because it's an early stage vc or private equity firm doesn't mean you know what they want to do you have to actually know your partners got it yeah no not just know your client know uh, kyi know your investors yeah. okay next up goodyear rolls into gatic are we talking about tires here alex yeah well well well, Gatic's not tires. They're building uh, autonomous uh, trucks, right? Short hole, you know, so in Goodyear, you may have heard of them before. Uh, they have this, you know, they have this like nice little Stay Puft Marshmallow-like logo, but they're, <laughs> they're a tire company. Um, uh, Gatic had previously announced 107 million Canadian round and wasn't announced as an investor. So they came out and said, hey, actually Goodyear's Ventures invested. We have yeah. a strategic partnership. Um, we're looking for towards the future for Gaddick. It gives them credibility with the with the industry. So it's it's pretty interesting to see the strategic investor announced after the deal is done and that there's a relationship. Why do you think um, they didn't do it before the fact? No clue. Maybe they were still waiting to part, you know, finalize the logistics partnership. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe they wanted to pull more more attention to lead VCs and get you know maybe they want to get more press out of this. Yeah. Um, what what I find interesting though is you've now got Wabi and Gadget both focusing on autonomous trucking mm -hmm. um, and, and both based out of Toronto. So it shows you the over Venn diagram of machine learning expertise and automotive capabilities. Yeah. Just paying off for this ecosystem. And everyone was talking about autonomous cars before now, autonomous trucking's hot. You know, and you think about it again, when you're looking for a place. It might not be the most obvious place, but it's a huge market space logistics. Right. You've got large problems. Like there's a million short, you know, there's, I think I read there's like a million truckers short. I mean, a million right. drivers short. And That's the technology right. we can actually implement in the near future. Unlike me getting a Tesla, trying to go through downtown Toronto and worrying about kids jumping in front of me, a short haul drive into 401 is relatively easy. Right. Um, and what's also interesting here is these companies are all taking strategic partners. Um mm -hmm. And Why do you they, think they're taking strategic partners versus more traditional uh, investment funds? I think when it's a capital intensive investment, which is a, a fundamental shift in a big industry, logistics has been done a certain way forever. Yeah. You, you can build align incentives and get the, you know build your ecosystem of partners around it, right? Mm. The autonomous vehicles still need tires, right? <laughs> but 
you know, maybe Thomas trucks, they're going to drive a bit differently. They need a bit more sensors in there. So mm -hmm. to have a partner, a vested partner interested in line there, you'll get stuff done faster. And I think if you go back to the history, you go, I don't know if you have, there's a great book on the cargo container. I don't know if you've ever read it. No, maybe um, you should put it in tomorrow's great must reads. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe we'll start a, maybe we'll start a book club. Um, but like it talks about like the technology was there, but it took like 30 years to build the ecosystem around there and have the full, full impact of the innovation. Yeah. And so auton autonomy could get here and without the right ecosystem it might take another 30 years. So this might is a way to short circuit the implementation. This was the longest lightning take that we've ever had. Sorry. I love it. It was worthwhile though. Very, very cool. And then our last lightning take is convictional raises 6.7 million. What does convictional do? And who do they raise from? So they're replacing EDI quickly. So they're automated. If you don't know what EDI is, it's, it's basically the way supply chain used to uh, basically communicate with each other. Now making a digital version of this. Mm -hmm. The round was led by Lackey Groom, um, had participation from uh, Claire Johnson, Scott Bolesky, Dave Cheesewright, Ram Shriam, and other leading operating angels. Like if you don't know, Lackey was and Claire were both Stripe, Scott Bolesky, so many different, different things. Ram was a board of a company called Alphabet. So, you know, they're big names. They're not just names. random, uh, random collection of names. That's awesome. And so, yeah. why do you, why do you care about this one? Well, first of all, we we highlighted Convictional as a rocket ship. Yeah. So kind of happy that we see our rocket ship companies raise. Yeah. But what's very interesting here is what's missing from this round is traditional VCs. You know, oh. Lackey Groom is a solo capitalist, but he's still considered an operating angel. These are all high-profile angels, $7 million raised without a venture capitalist. Um, this is something that we've seen happen in the Valley over the last year. And it's year, a like, priced round. It's, it's not, a like, round. A, it's not yeah. like a safe. So is there like a lead uh, angel? So, that... yeah, so, so Lackey has a, is a solo capitalist. He has this, I don't know if it's a $20 million fund. He's investing out of a fund, but he's still yeah. considered more of an operator than a traditional VC. So, Got it. Okay. You know, he's a hybrid. It's a hybrid. Like You yeah. see this in the Valley, like the front, um, there's their $100 million B round was all angels. Wow. Right, operating angels. We don't see that here. So this is interesting to see yeah. an American trend mm -hmm. come up to Canada. Interesting was all American investors because I don't know how many angels here are writing because if there's like let's say ten angels, that's an average of seven hundred thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if we have those, but it's interesting you to stop see that selling trend to Salesforce so early. Oh, he, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, hey, maybe, maybe David, you know, maybe it was a hundred million. David walked away with 50 million. He could start writing $700,000. There checks. you go. That's what I'm hoping for. All right. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the convictional raise? No, just, just interesting to see a new source of financing. Uh, fantastic. Thanks, Alex. What a week in Canadian tech. If you haven't already, you've got to like and subscribe to TechTO. Wherever you're watching or listening, we will see you on the inside.